This is And Another Thing with your host Jody Jenkins and Tony Clement. Anyway, the other day we're sitting at a Starbucks and my friend's talking about we were going to check one too, but he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, the next time I do a musical performance, I'm going to bring a Latvian sound guy and a check one too. <laughs> Bazinga. I'm Jody Jenkins. And I'm Tony Clement. Another episode of the world famous, greatest, planet shaking podcast that is absolutely taking the nation by its core. I mean, I, how many emails do you get a day now, Tony? At least one and a half. <laughs> More That's than right. that. Well, More than a, that. I, I Lots think, of good feedback. Yeah, actually. we get at least at least ten to twenty thousand emails per week. I, I'm not going to yeah, exaggerate well, and say per day. No, no, not per day, but per, uh, per week on average. And we are just so appreciative of the from, feedback from as far away as Latvia. I could, I guess, I can use, I could say that. Yeah, Latvia, Latvia. Latvia. <laughs> we had a couple from Belarus. One from Minsk. Yeah. We're pretty popular over in that part of the world. From Melanda Minsk. <laughs> Isn't that okay. a Seinfeld episode? It is. Okay, so we have a, a wonderful show today. A good friend of mine. He's traveling right now. Uh, let's welcome, first of all, Mr. Sam Grosso. Sam, thanks for doing this. Hey, Sam. Welcome. Hello, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Great, great, great. Good to have you on the show. So I've, wait, I've waited months and months. <laughs> it's a long lineup, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, you are you are joining an, uh, an esteemed group of individuals to be on and another thing. And I hope you don't take that lightly. No, no, absolutely not. I'm very honored to be here. <laughs> so I'm going to give a little bit of a backstory on Sam. Not much of one because I want him to unpack it a bit. Sam is a big player. He might he might argue that, but I consider him, he's a big player in the music world and in the club scene. Uh, Sam, correct me if I'm wrong. You owned the Elmo Combo at one point, and just recently you retired from running the Cadillac Lounge and being the owner of that facility in Toronto, correct? Uh, correct. I had three three venues. I had um, my first little venue was in uh, Kensington Market, which I was actually born and raised in Kensington. Uh, so I had a little venue there, and then I moved on to the Cadillac, and uh, then I bought the Elmo Combo. At the same time, I had the Cadillac, and uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so tell I I, I want to start with the Elma Combo because I think that's obviously one of the facilities or venues that a lot of people would be familiar with that are listening to the program, and for the without giving away too much detail because I think there's probably some interesting stories here, and you and I have swapped stories over Starbucks before, but the Elma Combo, yeah. uh, Dragons Den star Michael Weckerly, now the owner of that. How did that deal go down? Tell us a little bit. Was there any anything? interesting about that and and what do you know about mike wackerly i mean he seems like quite the character uh character is uh yeah it's a good word for michael for sure <laughs> um you know in in some situations you uh you know you go into uh into a real estate deal and uh for me you know the alma combo was more than just real estate it was buying a piece of history a piece of musical history and um, if I really, really was a smart guy, I probably wouldn't have bought it. But so I bought it with my heart and not, you know, with my financial mind, I guess. And um, and after a few years, it was just really, really bleeding me, and uh, I was forced to put it up on uh, up on the market. And um, you know what I did was to get some attention. I had put the um, the legendary, famous neon sign that. Uh, 
overlooks uh, Spadina and College that belongs to the Macomble. I put that sign up on eBay. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, not really to sell it, but just to shake the city and say, hey, listen, you know, you guys are going to lose a piece of history if someone doesn't really uh, come to the table here, right? And I got called in by the city of Toronto for a meeting and you know, wanted to know what was going on. So I let them know. I said, you guys, uh, you know, so worried about the sign. Why don't you just buy the building and uh, the sign will stay where it is, right? <laughs> and um, so anyway, it was on eBay and it was making a bit of a commotion in the city on the radio and newspapers and that, you know whatever it was everybody had an opinion everybody had an opinion right so um i get a call it was uh i always remember where i was and what date it was it was halloween and i was on the gardener and i get a call from um, michael weckerly and um and he wants to buy the sign and i said you know what People know this, but there was an offer on the table from uh, a company called Canada Computers. And it, it sounds crazy, but the Elmo Combo could have been turned into a computer store. Wow. Uh, and they had an offer, and I was kind of forced to sign this offer from uh, partners and investors, whatever. So, um, so he calls, and he wants to buy the sign. I'm like, no, no, I'm just going to donate it to the city, you know. And he was really adamant. He goes, I'll pay top dollar for it. I really, really want that sign. I said, listen, Michael, if you want that sign, I'll make you a deal. If you buy the building and the business, I'll throw the sign in for free. He goes, okay. Great. I'll see you tomorrow. Just like that. He goes, great. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm on my way now to Justin Bieber's house for a Halloween party with my kids. Of course. Sure he is. Why wouldn't you be? I mean, that's what I do every Halloween myself, right? Yeah. so he, uh, yeah, he um, he met me the next day. Uh, it was a Saturday. He met me at 2 o'clock, and I called my lawyer. I said, you know, this is what's going on tomorrow. He goes, I better come down with you, which we did. And um, so, yeah, he came down to the building. He took a, a walk through it, and uh, he goes, great. Where do I sign? And uh, and the lawyer says, well, I think I need to see your ID, you know, for the, uh, for the document. He goes, it burned in my million-dollar uh, Porsche. Uh, but if you call my office, they have copies of it. So there you go. He bought the building, and uh, and he's just about ready to open up. He's put in millions of dollars into it, and he's just about ready to open up in the next couple of months. True story. I met him at a, a, a holiday party uh, back in December, uh, and uh, uh, when I was introduced to him uh, as uh, he being the current owner, I said, oh, wow, you know, that's like a storied venue. I play a little guitar, you know, I said. And he said, well, come on, you can, you can be on stage. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, make, make sure the place is empty. But what a thrill that would be just to even uh, walk onto the stage with my Strat and play a few chords. So uh, I've got yeah. nothing, nothing but good things to say in, about Michael because I don't want to ruin my chance of uh, being on the stage of the Elma Combo. Well, he was trying to get on stage himself with his band, and the only way he can do it was to buy the building. <laughs> I'm doing it on the cheap, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Sam Grosso is our guest. He uh, was sharing a little bit about the El Combo, his experiences with owning that property, and, of course, the iconic Cadillac Lounge, uh, which just recently he retired from doing that, but he still got his hand in music promotion and, and running gigs. I guess, Sam, what, what got you into music? Like, you see, obviously you have a strong passion for it. Well, let me, let me shoot this question back to uh, Tony here. Tony, 
what was what was the first concert you, you saw when you were a kid? Uh, I was 11 years old. It was 1972. Yeah. I was. Uh, it was at uh, the old Exhibition Stadium, and it was the Guess Who. Wow, that's a good one. That's, that's a good, good one, one, isn't it? And I actually got to tell Randy Bachman that I was there. Wow. And I said, I, I remember, oh, Randy Bachman, I remember that you had a big Canadian flag as a backdrop. And he's going, dude, I was stoned most of the time. I don't remember what we were doing. Uh, well, um, it's funny you say that because uh, Burton Cummings um, also performed at the Cadillac Lounge. And that's a, a story I'll tell you in a bit. But uh, how I got into it is um, I was I was 12 years old, and my uh, my older sisters I got two older sisters, and they would work at Maple Leaf Gardens, and my parents were immigrants, and uh, they were working all the time, and um, so my sisters had to look after me, you know, and so if they were working, you know, the snack bars at Maple Leaf Gardens, they would have to take me with them. Which I don't think that even happens now, but no, no. So back then <laughs> no. it, was, it was cool, right? So, so they take me and they said, "Okay, well, you're going to come with us to work, and uh, we'll just sit you in the penalty box. We'll get someone to look after you, and uh, we'll come and check up on you and bring you popcorn all the time." Right? I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, great, no problem." And so back then they had this this this, this concert every year called the uh, Policemen's Association's Ball. Yeah, and it was yeah. like a, a country themed uh, um, concert. So that year, it was um, Barbara Mandrell, the Good Brothers, who ended up playing at the Cadillac Lounge. But what changed everything for me was this, you know, the headliner was Conway Twitty. Oh, man. Who is like the sexiest, coolest crooner, country crooner. It was just insane. So when he came on, uh, it just, I was mesmerized because the women went crazy. And if you listen to Conway Twitty, he has some very um, uh, suggestive lyrics, I guess, in his songs. And uh, I didn't know it at the time until years later, but I, I guess that's why the women were going crazy for him, right? And he just came on stage with that uh, jet black hair and with that with that smooth voice. And uh, I was hooked. And I think the next night I saw Kiss or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it, it was there. I saw millions of concerts at Maple Leaf Gardens. Uh, it was a great it. venue for concerts, wasn't it? I I, I went it right to the very yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a lot of great shows uh, from you know hard rock to you know the country stuff and rock and roll. I saw Queen. I saw Black Sabbath. I, I Kiss. Uh, How many times did you see Rush? You know what? I am. Uh, I have to be maybe the only guy that I, I I've seen Rush a few times, but I'm just not a big fan of Rush. Oh. <laughs> I know. I well, you know what? I always say they should, you know, they should have Rush and Bon Jovi go on tour together. That way, it would be like the girls on one side and the guys on the other. I, mean, I don't know. But Actually, a fun fact: when they did, uh, I guess it was uh, twenty uh, ten or eleven, they did a documentary beyond the lighted stage uh, about Rush. And uh, the, their manager, who's a pal of mine, Ray Daniels, told me that the, the, the people who showed up at the concerts after the documentary, before it was like 95% men, and then after the documentary it was like 40% female. Uh, just because uh, the, the you know the story about Neil Peart and the tragedy in his life and all, all of that all of those backstories all of a sudden made the band attractive to a female audience. So their their audience radically changed because they did the documentary. 
Yeah, well, they did say maybe the gardens quite a bit of times. I think even a couple times on New Year's Eve, I think. But, uh, yeah, they were, you know, they're, they're a great band. It's just that prog rock is not really my thing, but uh, you do got to respect for it. Well, we do have to say R.I.P. to Neil Peart uh, because uh, that was a big loss uh, for Canadian music. There's no doubt about it. 100%. But, but tell me, uh, Sam, uh, you know, tell me uh, some of the some of the bands uh, at the Cadillac or at the Elmo that really, you know, the, the, there's either a good story behind it or that really blew your socks off. Yeah, I guess, you know, when I had the Cadillac Lounge, uh, I opened up in 2000. And uh, it's kind of strange, you know, like, like you never think that you're going to be, you know, booking artists on uh, a stage that when you were a kid, you'd be, you know, walking down to Sam the Record Man to spend your seven ninety five on an album. And next thing you know, they're, you know, years later, they're on your stage. Uh, it, 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 it's kind of crazy, right? Like, I would never, ever believe that when I was a kid. If someone told me that, I'm like, you're insane. That's not going to happen. So I had artists that were, uh, and, and, and these might not be very common names, but uh, I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of guys like uh, Gary U.S. Bonds and uh, John Cafferty and the Deeper Brown Band. Um, obviously, Burton Cummings. Gordon Lightfoot has played on the stage. Um, Good Brothers, uh, Robert Gordon, Wanda Jackson. Who's, uh, oh, I love Wanda band. Jackson. She's a Wanda Jackson played at the Cadillac. I I say close to twenty times. Oh my gosh! Funny thing is, she had her seventieth birthday at the Cadillac, and then she had her eightieth birthday uh-huh. at the Cadillac. So uh, yeah, she's a sweet, sweet woman. Well, they call her the sweet woman with the nasty voice. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Great set of pipes. So yeah. One of my biggest regrets is that she invited me to go down to the ceremony of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when she was getting inducted. And for whatever reason, I couldn't make it, but I do regret not going down. Well, I mean, she is uh, she has made a real impact on rock and soul. So uh, I'm glad that you got to she's, uh, see she's her She's the live. first woman to record rock and roll music. Yeah, no, she's uh, amazing. And I'm glad that you, you keep that kind of rock and roll history alive by booking those bands that's really important yeah and we just did a show this past saturday night at uh, toronto's Hughes room and uh, we brought up a band from albany new york called the luster kings and we celebrated elvis's 85th birthday and uh it was a just an amazing show did elvis show up uh, because he's still alive you know (laughs) elvis was there in spirit okay (laughs) Sam Grasso is our guest, and another thing, Jody Jenkins, Tony Clement. Sam, I know that Tony mentioned he dabbles in music. He's too humble to tell you, but he has a, a band called the Doc Spiders. Um, he slid me a note while you were chatting. What would it take for you to manage that band and get them on some big stages across the country? Uh, there's probably not enough money in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you've heard them. You're familiar yeah, yeah, with yeah, them. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy doing a few shows a year. I'm living a very quiet life with my lovely wife and four children in uh, Prince Edward County. And uh, I'm really digging that. I do have coffee every once in a while with a bunch of jokers up in uh, Belleville. Uh, but that could be a whole different segment right there, right? Yes, exactly. I'm one of those jokers yeah, that he's talking okay. about. So. Yes, you are. <laughs> anyway, Sam, we appreciate your time. Uh, we'd love to have you back on in the future. Uh, maybe you could be our resident music guy and, and share some of your thoughts with us, but uh, we really do appreciate it, and we'd love to have you in studio sometime as well. So, Anytime. I'd love that. 
Thanks, Sam. Nice to meet you, Jody. I'll see you soon. Sam Grasso, Cadillac Lounge, history with the Elma Combo. Uh, doesn't want to touch your your band. I know. I'm, I'm crushed. I'm crushed. I got to I got to back up because I have to. I just need clarity on something here. Uh, during that interview, you said that you were at a holiday party with Michael Weckerly. Yes. Did you mean a Christmas party? I did. Okay. I'm just <laughs> there was a Christmas tree. Okay. I'm just there, double checking. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. I know. I know. I'm just making sure. But he, I bet you he has some crazy, more crazy stories that he's shared. I think that we've got to get him back on the show to uh, dig deeper into some of those stories. But it, uh, And, and uh, despite uh, Sam's uh, aversion to Rush, <laughs> I think, you know, I, I do want to say uh, how much uh, Neil Peart's uh, passing has impacted a lot of people, a lot of fans, and... Uh, uh, he was a great, innovative drummer, uh, probably the greatest rock and roll drummer. I'm not going to say the greatest drummer, I think Buddy Rich still uh, has that title. And in fact, Neil looked to Buddy Rich and John Bottom and Keith Moon as his inspirations. But uh, uh, there's no question that uh, the Canadian music scene is less of a scene because Neil Peart is no longer with us. And uh, Rest in, pe- rest in peace, Neil, because uh, you you gave us some great music, some great lyrics. Because he was a ly- he was the lyricist for Rush as well. He was, eh? Oh yeah, he wrote okay. all those all so those amazing. Was he lyrics. was he the band then? Because look, I'm gonna say right up front. I mean, I don't know a lot about Rush. Obviously, I know who they are. I wasn't a big Rush fan um, because I just didn't listen. I just never got into it. But I always knew about Neil, the drummer. Sure. And even after reading social media posts and everything that came out after he passed away. There was a lot of, a lot of things poked at the lead singer. Uh, people Getty said, Lee, yeah, "Yeah, people said I can't stand his voice, but I always <laughs> loved the band." So I'm just curious: Do you think that Neil was Neil Rush, or was it the no, collective? No, no, it, it was the. It, this was the greatest three-man power trio in the history of rock and roll. Whoa, whoa, and whoa! So Alex, the greatest, Alex, yeah, three men in the history in the history of rock and roll. Of rock and roll. And, uh, you know, Alex License, Guitar Licks, uh, Unparalleled, uh, Getty Lee, that voice, you know, that sounded like a cat was being strangled. That's all part of it. You know, you can't remove one piece. Of, they'll, they'll never be touring again. I know, I know that because they wouldn't want to sully the memory of Neil Peart. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's what a, I, I'm doing a show uh, uh, at, on a Muskoka radio station. I'm going to be doing a whole tribute show on Neil Peart and Rush. Now you're cheating on this show. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm cheating on this show. It's called Tony's Rockin' Shindig. Anyway, <laughs> but I, I came across a YouTube video of the Foo Fighters in Edmonton. And uh, they were in the middle of a show. Uh, Dave Grohl says, okay, who knows the lyrics to Tom Sawyer? And a bunch of hands go up. And he goes, you're all bullshitting. Nobody knows the lyrics to Tom Sawyer. He says, no, who really knows the lyrics to Tom Sawyer? And so some guy is waving his hands. They drag him on stage. This is not – it's clearly impromptu. And and, uh, Dave Grohl says, what's your name? Brian. It's just some dude from Edmonton. <laughs> and you you're you're not you're not BSing. You know yeah. the words to Tom Yeah, I know the words to Tom Sawyer. So they start in and this guy nails it. Now, you know, it, it, it wasn't perfect voice perfection, but he got every line of Tom Sawyer. Good and, for him. And where you know, 
name me another band that you can do that to. I, 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 I mean, maybe there is. Maybe, maybe there's a tragically hip song that we know off by heart. But you know, a complex song like Tom Sawyer, some dude from the audience comes on stage and nails it. I mean, that's the that that's the reverence of Rush fans, uh, which I, I believe is unparalleled. Well, please uh, share your thoughts with us on social media if you agree with Tony that Rush is the greatest three-person, three-man rock and roll band of all time. Power rock and roll. Like, yeah, yeah. Power uh, rock trio. That's a strong statement. By the way, Pearl Jam going back on the road again. Yeah, I know. I, I'm going to get tickets for sure. Good. And for me. Uh, okay. I'll see what, how my credit card. You said card. tickets. Yeah, well, okay. Well, who do you normally take? Well, I can take you. Sure. Yeah, you said tickets. Come on. <laughs> okay. Thanks again for a great show. Thanks to Sam. Thanks, uh, Sam. thanks to all our subscribers. The show is really growing. I know we exaggerate and we like to joke around, but honestly, the feedback is unreal. And we got some exciting guests coming up. And uh, yeah, that's it. Make Rock sure you... and or roll. That's right. Enjoy the rest of your week. For sure. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean.